Today's episode of Nerds Incorporated contains material that is not suitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The following podcast is highly radioactive and may cause tears in the fabric of space-time. Sorry about that, but uh, enjoy the show. Hello everybody, my name's Dominic and welcome back to Nerds Incorporated. For those of you new to the series, this is a podcast dedicated to the weird and wonderful world of the nerd. And on this show, you'll hear discussions involving movies, television, books, music, video games, science, culture, theme parks, and many more topics. Every few episodes, we'll have guest speakers who also share a passion for the nerd world. So, go ahead and sit back, relax, grab a nice cold glass of blue milk, and get ready for Nerds Incorporated. Thanks again for tuning back into Nerds Incorporated, everyone. In today's episode, we'll be discussing a number of spooky topics, as this month marks the halfway point to the best holiday ever, Halloween. Or at least, that's my favorite holiday. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Christmas as much as the next guy, and the warm and fuzzy feeling it gives me and everyone around me. But All Hallows' Eve is where the party's at. Halloween is that one time of year where you can just let the freak out and show people your scary side. I'd like to be a scare actor in a haunted house sometime, just just a side note. That seems like a hell of a lot of fun, and Halloween is probably the best time to do that. And like I said, it's the best time of year to let your freak out, so why not do it in a haunted house? Plus, I'm pretty sure you get paid for that sort of thing. And even if you didn't, I'd still love to do it. I don't know why, it's just something I've always been attracted to. With all this in mind, let's go ahead and jump into a brand new segment dedicated to theme parks that I'd like to call the Thrill Ride Review. And remember, listeners, keep your arms and legs inside the segment at all times. With our theme being Halloween, I'd like to get into something I've been following for a long time now which is Universal Studios' Halloween Horror Nights events at their Orlando and Hollywood locations. Now, I've never actually been to the event myself, but I've seen walkthroughs and I've always had an appreciation for the hidden storyline that they have for each event. Halloween Horror Nights began at Universal Studios Florida all the way back in 1991 under the title Fright Nights. It began as a three-night event on October 25th, 26th, and 31st, with one haunted house called... The Dungeon of Terror. Since then, it's gathered a large cult following amongst thrill-seekers, theme park lovers, and horror junkies looking for their next fright. They've also upped the amount of houses they have, with the average amount being 10, as well as the added scare zones, which are areas of the park that are terrifyingly themed, but not really enclosed enough to be considered a haunted house. And along with original haunted houses from the Minds of Universal, They also managed to throw in a handful of IP-based houses, IP meaning intellectual property, such as Jordan Peele's Us, Ghostbusters, Alien vs. Predator, Trick or Treat, Stranger Things, just to name a few. Each year, there's an overarching story with a host to the event that fans have come to call icons. From Bloody Mary, to Jack the Clown, and even Freddy Krueger, 
These quote-unquote icons serve as the ringmaster to the horrific events that take place during the frightening festivities. That was a nice little alliteration there, but anyway, let's get to the main event here, the speculation map. Every year, fans of Halloween Horror Nights put together a list of houses that they believe will be featured in the event based off of rumors that circulate on the web and the popularity of that particular IP. And though I'm not an expert, I've gathered a number of fan-made speculation maps, and I'll go ahead and list some of the more popular ones that keep getting mentioned on different ones. Because no one speculation map is the same, everyone has different predictions. One of the more popular predictions I've seemed to notice is Beetlejuice, the cult classic horror comedy movie, and most of you who have listened to my earlier episodes, even though there are already three out, I act like there are more than three, that, that, that's besides the point. Those of you who have listened to the first episode know that Beetlejuice is in my top ten favorite films of all time, and I don't know. I mean, given that it it's a horror comedy, I'm sure there's a lot they can work with there. I mean, they did do Ghostbusters last year, and that turned out to be pretty terrifying based on the walkthrough that I watched on YouTube. So, I think this house would have a lot of potential. Beetlejuice can be scary when he wants to. And I think... I think it'd be a good idea if they set up the Maitland's house and the whole story of this house was Adam and Barbara trying to get the people walking through the maze out of their house because that's their whole that's their whole gig in Beetlejuice. They're trying to get the Dietzes out of their their old house because they took over after they died. I mean obviously there was nothing they could do about it, but I think that'd be a very cool storyline for this house, the Maitlands trying to scare the guests out of the maze by uh with with the help of Beetlejuice. Because the way Tim Burton animates Beetlejuice towards the end of the movie when he finally gets uh, released into the real world after Lydia says his name three times, he, he's pretty terrifying. And given that it is Halloween Horror Night's 30th anniversary, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought back this house, the Dungeon of Terror, mentioned earlier in the episode. It was the only haunted house featured during Fright Night's. And it returned a couple of times, but I think this would be a very, very nostalgic house for the fans to go through again, because I believe that if they really want to get the fans into this event this year, I mean, hopefully the event continues, because with the coronavirus and all, I hope it doesn't end up canceling Halloween Horror Nights, because they always come up with something really cool. But the Dungeon of Terror would be perfect for their 30th anniversary, as it's a very nostalgic house. Another house that I've seen circulating the internet, and I think it would be a very good fit for this event, given that her music is incredibly creepy in a, in a cool way, and that would be a Billie Eilish-themed house. Now, I'm not a Billie superfan, I'm a casual listener, I enjoy her music. And I believe that a Billie Eilish house, based off of her album, Where Do We, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, would be an oddly perfect fit to this event, given that her music is, is creepy, it makes your skin crawl, 
but but it's always good to listen to. I'm not I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I really enjoy her music, but yeah, Billie Eilish would be a really good fit to this event, and she she's been to the event herself. She already works with Universal Records, I think. Um, her music was featured in the Lagoon Show uh, a year or two back. Um, she's been rumored to have been on the R.I.P. tour at Halloween Horror Nights a couple times, seen with Halloween Horror Nights superfan Demi Lovato. But yeah, I think a Billie Eilish house or Billie Eilish-themed scare zone based off of uh, songs like uh, Bury a Friend, something like that, or Bad Guy, I think that would be a really cool fit. Another popular one I keep seeing floating around is Netflix's The Haunting of Hill House, and Netflix isn't a stranger to Halloween Horror Nights. They paired up with HHN two years in a row to do Stranger Things seasons one through three. Now, if we're being honest, I haven't seen The Haunting of Hill House, and I'm sure some viewers here haven't seen it either, so here's a quick description from Google. This modern reimagining of the Shirley Jackson novel follows siblings who, as children, grew up in what would go on to become the most famous haunted house in the country. Now adults, they are forced back together in the face of tragedy and must finally confront the ghosts of their past. Some of those ghosts still lurk in their minds, while others may actually be stalking the shadows of Hill House. The ensemble cast includes Oscar winner Timothy Hutton, Carla Gu- Oh boy, I'm going to butcher this. Gugino? Oh boy. And Henry Thomas. Mike Flanagan, a veteran of the horror genre, created the series. Now, this sounds like a psychological thriller, which I think would be something that would definitely fit in at Halloween Horror Nights. And since I haven't seen the series, I can't go any further with what I think, but other than the fact that it sounds like it has potential. Our second to last house here is the 1984 horror fantasy that scared the absolute crap out of me as a kid. <laughs> was... It, it was terrifying for me as a kid. It's Gremlins. If you haven't seen Gremlins, it's about a gadget salesman that's looking for a gift for his son during the holidays. And just as a side note here, there's this ongoing debate on whether certain movies should be classified as Christmas movies or not. Like Die Hard, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And Gremlins is a Christmas movie. If you disagree, you are wrong. End of story there. But that's just my opinion. Um... <laughs> Anyway, Gadget Salesman is looking for a gift for his kid, and he comes across the store in Chinatown, and the shopkeeper gives him this creature, this fuzzy little adorable creature called a mogwai. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he gives three rules that come with the care of this creature. You cannot expose it to light, bright light, sunlight, any of that. It cannot get wet and you are not to feed it after midnight under any circumstances. And wouldn't you know it, he gets it wet, and... <laughs> this is weird to explain. So, bear with me. The, it, the creature clones itself after getting wet, because these puffballs bounce off of its skin, and from those puffballs grow other mogwai. But these mogwai are more mischievous in nature, and then they get into food after midnight, and they turn into these green, 
frog lizard humanoid things. I do not know how to explain it. Let me look at a picture here. Alright, I got one. So, they have these little hunched over bodies. They're green and white. They have, like, webbed hands and feet. Their ears are huge. They have these red piercing eyes that are sideways, like like a, like a cat's. I think cat's eyes are sideways. I might, I might be wrong about that. And these tiny jagged teeth. And they are terrifying. They scared the living crap out of me as a child. But it would make an excellent fit to Halloween Horror Nights. Because this isn't the first house they've done, like, a Christmas horror theme after. They did Krampus a couple years back. And I liked that movie, so... Yeah, I think it'd be a good fit. Our last house on the speculation list here is a Netflix series I'm really fond of that I actually know stuff about, unlike The Haunting of Hill House, and that is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which takes place in the Riverdale universe. Now that show I despise. I tried to watch it. Not good. Nothing like the Archie comics. If your friends recommend it, they don't know what they're talking about, and they don't know good television programming, so please... For your sake and mine, stay the hell away from Riverdale. But that's just my opinion. Anywho, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is based off of the comic of the same name, not based off of the old 90s sitcom that I used to watch when I was hella bored. Um, this show is ten times better. The dark aesthetic and creepiness and just chaoticness of this show is super great and I think like the Stranger Things house this house could include a season jump between seasons one and three it's it's a it has a lot of potential I think this would be in the top three houses that are featured at this event that's gonna do it for the thrill ride review for today And before we get any deeper into this episode, let's take a minute to hear a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. They say you never truly stop learning, so let's move on to Nerd Incorporated's Education Corner. Here's a Halloween fun fact from 10best.com. Jack-o'-lantern comes from the Irish legend of Stingy Jack. Legend has it that Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him, but Jack didn't want to pay for the drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin, and instead of buying the drink, he pocketed the coin and kept it close to a silver cross in his house, preventing the devil from taking shape again. He promised to let the devil go as long as he would leave Jack alone for a year, and that if Jack died, the devil wouldn't claim his soul. After a year, Jack tricked the devil again to leave him alone and not claim his soul. When Jack died, God didn't want such a conniving person in heaven, and the devil, true to his word, would not allow him into hell. Jack was sent off into the night with only a burning coal to light his path. He placed the coal inside a carved-out turnip, and has been roaming the earth ever since. Now people in Ireland and Scotland began creating their own creations of Jack's lanterns, 
out of turnips, beets, and potatoes. The tradition traveled to the United States along with the immigrants, and people began to use pumpkins, native to North America, for the lanterns instead. Moving on to something a little less spooky, let's go ahead and wrap up today's episode with Nerd News. Apparently, Universal Studios violated a policy in a contract between the AMC theater chain and themselves after releasing the children's animated film Trolls World Tour on a strictly video-on-demand release. In a letter published in The Hollywood Reporter, the cinema chain said that as a result of the incident, it will no longer feature any Universal pictures such as Trolls or the Fast and the Furious series. Quote, this policy is not aimed solely at Universal out of peak or to be punitive in any way. It also extends to any movie maker who unilaterally abandons current windowing practices absent good faith negotiations between us, so that they as distributor and we as exhibitor both benefit and neither are hurt from such changes. Quote, AMC chairman Adam Aaron wrote in a letter, quote, Currently with the press comment today, Universal is the only studio contemplating a wholesale change to the status quo, hence this immediate communication in response. Quote. Fan favorite Doctor Who actor Christopher Eccleston may be returning to Doctor Who, but not in the way that you think. In an excerpt from SlashFilm.com, the BBC announced on Monday a massive crossover event that will feature the 8th, 9th, and 10th Doctor, along with appearances from fan favorite companion Rose Tyler played by Billy Piper, and monsters like the Daleks and the Ood. The epic adventure will follow the three Doctors across space and time as they defend their home planet from a terrible race. But don't get too excited about seeing these former Doctors on the small screen. This will be a multi-platform adventure told on every platform but television. It will be featured on audio, novels, comics, vinyl, digital, immersive theater, escape rooms, and games, according to the BBC. This is all that's been announced, and more information will likely come soon. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Nerds Incorporated. Like I said in last episode, we will be uploading every Friday, so be on the lookout for all new episodes on Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and hopefully more platforms as we go forward with this podcast. As always, I'm Dominic, and this was Nerds Incorporated. And wherever you are, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Bye, everybody. This episode was sponsored by Anchor, the fast and easy way to make a podcast directly from your phone. Go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to learn more. I apologize in the delay of this episode of Nerds Incorporated. There will be future episodes released every Friday on Friday. I apologize to anyone who expected an episode of Nerds Incorporated to be released on the Friday of the week of April 13th. I will be adhering to a strict every Friday uploading schedule from here on out. Thank you again for listening, and be sure to tune in to next episode. I hope everyone at home listening is staying safe 
and staying healthy. Bye for now.